0: quick road trip suggestion. If you travel near Atlanta or Athens or Nashville, detour to Taqueria del Sol. Co-owners Eddie Hernandez and Mike Clank serve fish tacos and Memphis style barbecue tacos, peerless cheese dip, and enchiladas smothered with pork and green chili sauce. The SFA staff favorite duo is a fried chicken taco and a bowl of Eddie's turnip greens spiked with chili d'ara bowl. For many years of support for SFA work, film, oral history, and this podcast, we thank our great friends at Taqueria del Sol.
1: King Biscuit Time isn't a household name like the Grand Old Opry, but these shows have a lot in common. Both are live music broadcasts born of radio's golden age. Both shows were sponsored by flower companies, Martha Whiteflower targeted a white, working-class audience when they sponsored the Grand Ole Opry.
2: King Biscuit Flower went after African-American consumers in the Mississippi, Arkansas Delta.
1: The Opry has changed with the times to showcase more modern country music and bro bands.
2: Mm-hmm. King Biscuit Time, on the other hand, has proved intransigent. Each show, they still pass the biscuits and dance with the ones who brung them. <laughs> I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. We're your hosts for Gravy. 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 A production of the Southern Foodways Alliance, Gravy tells new and complicated stories about the changing American South.
1: Producer Betsy Shepard brings us the story of how a flower company in Helena, Arkansas gave rise, get it, John T.? I get it. To the popularity of the blues and helped spread that music like scuppernog jelly on a hot cat head.
2: So pass the biscuits for this episode of Gravy.
1: King
3: Biscuit Time is best known for launching the careers of Sonny Boy Williamson, Robert Lockwood Jr., and Pine Top Perkins and for its influence on listeners like Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Ike Turner, and B.B. King. Here's an archival recording of the late guitarist.
4: We would hear King Biscuit time, and they had it planned well because it would be at 12.15, and we would be coming out of the fields at, uh, we call it coming in for dinner. You know, sophisticated people say lunch today, you know, but to me it's still dinner. And we'd be hurrying and get house, you know, your home, wherever you lived, if you had a radio. But you could sit on anybody's uh, porch, should we call it, and you'd hear Sonny Boy Williamson, King Biscuit Time, from Helena, Arkansas. In
3: 1941, KFFA secured a sponsorship from Interstate Grocery Company, which distributed King Biscuit flour. And soon after, the station began broadcasting a 15-minute live music show with singing advertisements.
4: You listening to KFFA?
3: Here's blues scholar Scott Beretta.
5: King Biscuit time was really important in blues history because it was one of the first times that really down-home blues was being heard by listeners, was being heard by the communities that produced the blues.
4: She bakes the biscuit, she bakes them just right. She baked a biscuit where she's big on nice. night. She's the biscuit-baking woman. She's the biscuit-baking woman. I'm only to tell the world about that biscuit-baking woman Break
3: it out now. So a grocery company trying to carve out a new market for a food product unintentionally built a distribution channel for African-American music in the South. It created a model for African-American programming and gave lots of blues musicians a ticket off the farm. King Biscuit Time would go on to become one of the longest-running radio shows in American history and win a Peabody Award for Broadcasting Excellence. King Biscuit Time advertised the blues and flower. And while we know how things worked out for the blues, what about its first major sponsor, there's virtually no information available on the flower or its distributor except for being the namesake and underwriter of the show. So I planned a trip to Helena to see the place that put the blues on the airwaves and find out about the company behind King Biscuit Time.
5: I'm up soon in the morning. It's a highway
4: for
1: I
3: drove up US Highway 49, mirroring the Mississippi River's path to Helena through a seemingly endless stretch of soybean and cotton fields. As I pulled into town, I passed crumbling storefronts, blighted row houses, and shuttered factories. Decades of economic decline have left parts of Helena's historic district deserted. At its peak in 1960, the town was home to 11 and a half thousand people, but the 2000 census shows just a little over half that population. The downtown is a shell of its boomtown years, but a small web of revitalization has taken root along Biscuit Row. An old train depot and a dry goods store have been renovated to house the Delta Cultural Center, where I met up with Thomas Jacks.
6: I'm the assistant director of the Delta Cultural Center. Our mission is to communicate the cultural history of the Delta to its citizens and beyond.
3: Thomas launched into the story of King Biscuit Time, which started back when Helena was a major transportation hub in the South. In 1941, the town got its first radio station, KFFA.
6: The station manager is named Sam Anderson. Suddenly he has two blues musicians in his office, And they want to be on the radio. These gentlemen are Alec Rice Miller and Robert Lockwood Jr.
3: Quick note, Alec Rice Miller is actually Sonny Boy Williamson. He changed his name to something more suited for radio, but we'll get to that later. For now, all you need to know is that Miller, a.k.a. Sonny Boy, was a harmonica player for blues legend Robert Johnson. And Robert Lockwood was a guitarist who learned to play directly from Johnson who was his mother's live-in boyfriend. Both men worked as farmhands by day and gigged during their off hours. They auditioned for Sam Anderson, and he agreed to put them on the air.
6: But he said, you guys would need a sponsor. And he said, let's go down to Interstate Grocery Wholesale. And what Interstate Grocery Wholesale did was sell groceries to all these uh, company stores and mom and pop operations that dotted the countryside. And Sam Anderson takes them over there and asks the proprietor, Max Moore, "What are you guys trying to sell that's not selling very well?" And Max Moore thinks for a moment. He goes, "Oh, I've got a freight car, King Biscuit flour that I can't give away." And they said, well, "Why don't you give us 15 minutes a day and see if we can sell some flour for you?" And they begin playing King Biscuit time.
4: Good evening, People tell me how- Boys, we just came out to work on you. Never morn, ever morning, if you can biscuit on my table. Never morn, ever morning, if you can biscuit on my table. And you can invite all your friends, all your neighbors.
3: Some white listeners objected to KFFA putting African-Americans on the radio. Remember, this was rural Arkansas in the Jim Crow era. Sam Anderson successfully integrated the airwaves and won over his detractors by appealing to their pocketbooks.
6: His attempted explanation is if they listen to themselves on the air, African-American consumers will come into your stores if you advertise during that programming.
3: Selling flour was particularly challenging. Taste and texture varied little among brands, so creative marketing was essential. Sonny Boy Williamson and Robert Lockwood proved to be Interstate Groceries' recipe for success. Performing on air as the King Biscuit entertainers, they played a mix of their own songs, blues standards, and advertising jingles.
6: Everyone loves the show. African-Americans are hearing themselves in the Arkansas Delta for the first time on the radio, and people started buying King Biscuit flour.
3: Sales skyrocketed, and Interstate Grocery decided to expand its product line.
6: Interstate Grocery wholesalers introduces Sunny Boy brand cornmeal, and they would, you know, have a stylized picture of Sunny Boy sitting on a giant ear of corn playing his harmonica on the front of the cornmeal packages, and of course that sold well as well.
3: Did you ever try King biscuit flour or Sunny Boy cornmeal? Oh
4: yeah, we use Sunny Boy uh, meal <laughs> and flour. You know, it's good stuff.
3: This is C. W. Gatlin a Helena native who played guitar on King Biscuit Time in the 1950s and 60s. The radio show and local music venues were social spaces that blurred racial boundaries.
4: I played with black people I played with white people. We just had a good time.
3: C.W. grew up watching Sonny Boy perform in and around town.
4: They put a band together and they had an old bus and they'd go around the country stores you know, advertise Sonny Boy meal. So Sonny Boy became quite famous.
3: The performances sold the cornmeal. The cornmeal increased Sonny Boy's profile. And Sonny Boy used airtime to advertise his concerts in a kind of cross-promotional triangle. Tens of thousands of listeners heard his voice on the radio every day throughout an 80-mile radius around Helena, including towns and cities like Clarksdale, Mississippi, and Memphis, Tennessee. Here again is Scott Beretta.
5: They'd play their songs, He would become familiar with their music, they'd become media celebrities essentially, but they could also direct people. So it became part of the apparatus of promotion.
4: That's before we do this number, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, the big night in Greenwood, Mississippi. Don't forget that. Yes, sir. We'll be in Greenwood, Mississippi tonight, and I, I swear I don't know, try to meet me there. Beat me there. Yeah. Come on, baby.
3: display of marketing savvy, Sonny Boy changed his name from Rice Miller.
5: He had actually copied his name from another artist named Sonny Boy Williamson, who was a uh, recording star in Chicago. So Sonny Boy Williamson, Rice Miller down here in the Delta, was able to benefit from the fame associated with this recording artist.
3: But Sonny Boy Number 2 was now famous in his own right. His face appeared on packaging in grocery stores across the Delta, and his evening performances were drawing bigger and bigger crowds. He'd become so widely known that the original Sonny Boy Williamson, up in Chicago, got wind of his impersonator.
6: Sonny Boy Williamson, one, comes down with the plan of saying to cease and desist, stop trying to pretend to be me. He calls for a head-cutting contest in which they both try to outdo each other, and he finds out how good Sonny Boy 2 is. He is an excellent performer. He's an excellent craftsman of songs. He also was known for being able to do things like put harmonicas inside his mouth and play them, and play two harmonicas, and an amazing number of things. And at the end of it, Sonny Boy 1 said, Okay, I'm going back to Chicago. You can stay down here and be Sonny Boy Williamson.
3: Sonny Boy and Robert Lockwood were some of the first blues celebrities in the Delta. And their rise from sharecroppers to radio stars inspired other blues musicians in the 1940s to follow in their footsteps. Little Walter got a show on KFFA sponsored by Mother's Best Flower. Robert Nighthawk went on KFFA repping for Bright Star Flower. Howlin' Wolf went on the air at KWEM in West Memphis, and Ike Turner was hired as a DJ on WROX in Clarksdale. Robert Lockwood and Sonny Boy Williamson parlayed their radio success into better sponsorship deals, with Lockwood pitching for Mother's Best and Sonny Boy promoting Tallahoe Syrup on WAZF in Yazoo City, Mississippi. In 1948, B.B. King hit the Memphis airwaves, performing a jingle about Pepticon Tonic.
5: B.B. King became one of the uh, first African-American on-air personalities on WDIA, which was the first station in the United States to feature all African-American programming and on-air personalities. You know, it was a major influence on B.B. in the sense that I can be on the radio too.
3: King Biscuit Time made a path for musicians to leave their farm jobs for radio and recording careers. But by the 1950s, many of those musicians felt they'd outgrown the regional market and took off for better opportunities in Chicago. Helena was a launch pad for their migration north, but it was more than a layover to the Windy City. Helena incubated the sounds coming out of the cotton fields and added electric currents, semi-urban sophistication, and commercial momentum that would drive the Northern Sound.
5: King Biscuit time was sort of a means for the public to hear this evolution of Delta blues turning into Chicago blues.
3: Sonny Boy Williamson went on to record for Chess Records, tour the world, make albums with British invasion groups like the Animals and the Yardbirds, and influence the sound of countless blues and rock and roll bands that followed rock classics like On the Road Again by Canned Heat, and Led Zeppelin's When the Levee Breaks, channel Williamson's signature harmonica sound.
0: Simmons Catfish calls the Mississippi Delta home.
4: I'm Harry Simmons and I've been farming catfish since 1976.
0: Get him talking catfish and he'll speak of the quality of what his family raises and the loyalty of customers. But what he really gets excited about is the opportunity his company offers his community.
4: Most of my management, upper management and people working at this plant, I went to high school with. So we all like this community. We like Yazoo County and Humphreys County, Yazoo City and Belzona and Louise. We're the largest employer in Yazoo County. That's what I'm proud of, that people that wanted to stay in this community could, where a lot of the communities in the Delta are struggling to keep their population.
0: The next time you crave catfish, baked, fried, or in a stew, Look for Simmons farm-raised catfish, a driver of the Delta economy. A list of vendors is online at simmonscatfish.com. For their commitment to quality catfish, their belief in the Delta, and their support of this podcast, we thank them.
3: Shortly before his death in 1965, Sonny Boy Williamson went back to work at King Biscuit time. But the Helena he returned to was pretty different than the one he'd left. The town had not only lost much of its musical talent, but was increasingly losing its farm and manufacturing jobs and a huge segment of its population.
6: King Biscuit Flower lost its market because interstate grocery wholesalers has fallen to the mechanization of agriculture. The countryside is no longer filled with uh, farm laborers and has lost that network of little country stores. So it goes out of business by the end of the 1970s.
3: Though King Biscuit Flower has largely been forgotten, to the wider world, its memory is etched all over Helena. CW gave me a tour and pointed out juke joints where Sonny Boy used to play.
4: They played on this corner a lot. These buildings, I guess, are boarded up because there's not business, you know. We've had a lot of people move from here.
3: C.W. also left town and spent 20 years in New York living and touring with his friend, Levon Helm, who played drums and sang in the band. After Levon's death in 2012, C.W. returned home to Helena, where he takes comfort in one thing that remains from the town's heyday.
4: Pass the biscuits, cause it's King Biscuit Time on KFFA Radio.
6: And with those magic words, it got all sunny here in the studio.
3: King Biscuit Time went off the air in 1979 after Interstate Grocery Company folded. But KFFA bought the King Biscuit trademark and started broadcasting the show again in
6: 1986. Ah, now we're cooking.
3: Thomas Jacks began hosting in February, when longtime host Sonny Payne passed away at age 92 after 78 years on the air. Thomas continues to open with Sonny Payne's show intro, and guitarist and singer Marcus Cartwright channels the spirit of Sonny Boy Williamson and Robert Lockwood with a live performance. Close to 18,000 episodes later, King Biscuit Time still caters to the lunch crowd.
6: Hey, hey, and happy midday, everybody! It is April 3rd. I'm your host, Thomas Jax, and across from me is the Hollygrove ambassador of good vibes and great music, my friend and co-host, Mr. Marcus Mookie Carwright.
4: My first
2: time on the show, I was like 16, and my teacher talked me into it, and I was like, I'm gonna do it, It'll be my honor. So they came, and uh, I put on my nicest three-piece suit. Can I say I was nervous? Uh, not really, it was just fun.
3: The show has new sponsors, but sticks with the original name.
6: King Biscuit Time is a part of the city's and the whole area's image And Helena, very shortly later, would start the King Biscuit Blues Festival.
3: What started out as a brand of flower evolved into a brand of cultural tourism. The King Biscuit Blues Festival began in 1986 as part of Main Street USA, an initiative to revitalize historic commercial districts. Since then, the fest has brought live music back to Helena's downtown and hundreds of thousands of people there to hear it.
6: That's where I first saw Robert Junior Lockwood, Johnny Shines, Frank Frost, uh, Big Jack Johnson. They were there. Uh, uh, That's where I also met David Honeyboy Edwards, Pantop Perkins.
4: It goes on and on.
3: This is Carla Robinson, musician and operations specialist at the Delta Cultural Center. Carla will be performing at this year's King Biscuit Blues Festival, as will Marcus Cartwright. C.W. Gatlin, and dozens of others. Before I left the Delta Cultural Center, I strolled through its exhibit and got to see some of the last remaining bags of King Biscuit flour and Sunny Boy cornmeal, just as live music started spilling out from the hall where Carla, Marcus, and C.W. were jamming. (laughs)
4: Oh, no, what you
3: The sound of the town's long abandoned juke joints is not totally lost. The legacy of King Biscuit Time is that it connected people through music. And it's still doing that, nearly 80 years later. And countless brands have adopted King Biscuit Times advertising formula, using music and celebrity to establish consumer taste.
6: Folks, 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 I hate to say it, but there ain't no more. The kitchen is closed. We've drained the bottle. We're shutting the doors on King Biscuit Time today. Folks, take care out there. Be good to one another. Help someone when you can. And we'll visit with you again tomorrow right here on King Biscuit Time.
1: Betsy Shepard, who we know by way of the Oxford American and American roots, reported and produced this episode of Gravy.
2: Special thanks go to... We thank Wendell Patrick for Gravy's theme music and Jazar for our donor music. Managing Editor for Gravy and all other SFA media is Sarah Camp Mary Marybeth Laster serves as our
1: publisher. Enjoy listening to Gravy so much that you want to visit the SFA mothership? Join us October 24th through 26th for our Fall Symposium in Oxford, Mississippi.
2: We'll dig into the work of food with smart words from speakers like Paul Ortiz and Regina Bradley and Tommy Tomlinson.
1: And smart dishes from Eduardo Jordan and Manit Shahan.
2: Visit southernfoodways.org to purchase your tickets and learn more.
1: I'm Melissa Hall.
2: And I'm John T. Edge. Thanks for letting us pour some gravy in your ear.